0: Court reporters hold one of the most important roles in the justice system. We're entrusted with the official records of the courts, and we also have to run our own businesses, which is not something most of us were prepared for. I'm Bryn Seymour, freelance court reporter and life coach, and I invite you to join the discussion about the problems we face and the solutions we create on the unique journey of a stenographer. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Court Reporter Podcast. Today on the Court Reporter podcast, we have Cassandra Calderella, an accomplished freelance real time civil trial reporter with 20 years shorthand reporter experience in California. After freelancing for two years doing securities and exchange hearings and civil grand jury hearings in Los Angeles, she was hired as an official court reporter for the largest trial court in the world, Los Angeles Superior Court. There, she floated to 30 different courthouse buildings and reported every kind of litigation possible. When she was laid off in 2012, she started doing high profile and high stake civil trials privately hired by attorneys and was compelled to offer real-time. She created a 12-week real-time boot camp in 2012 that has two sessions a year at South Coast College. Prior to becoming a court stenographer, Cassandra worked for Fortune 500 tech companies where she managed an $80 million emerging products sales quota and closed many million-dollar deals. She left a career in technology to pursue something less stressful, court reporting. Oh, the irony. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Am I right? Her experience in leading sales and marketing of emerging technology projects proved invaluable in developing a highly successful freelance court reporting career and in starting up CoverCrow, a SaaS software platform that helps court reporters find jobs through agencies. Cassandra earned her B.A. in communication from California State University at Long Beach, studied at Imperial College London and the University of London and graduated from South Coast College of Court Reporting. At home, Cassandra is a wife, a mom to six-year-old daughter and enjoys spending time with their rescue pony, Dolly Popcorn. So let's welcome Cassandra Calderella. So thank you for joining today. I am so excited to talk to you because I came across your article on the NCRA website in the business section. I think it was NCRA or the JCR. I know they're both connected, but I don't remember the title. I, I think it might have been the one that you sent me, but I feel like there was another one. I did
1: 5 steps to build a million-dollar court reporting business, court reporters who became judges, why I love court reporting, what I do as a court reporter, which was posted on... Lifehacker and that got 8 million views and it was reshared by Monster and all the big career sites. So that gave our whole profession like a huge spotlight. And a lot of the court reporting colleges across the country called me and said that they were printing the articles and putting it in their prospective student packet. So that was, that was a great, you know, that that got a lot of exposure. That's
0: awesome. I just want to talk about like, I, I kind of gearing it towards freelance court reporters who, because what I always say is that whether we have an agency or we consider ourselves having an agency or we just are our own agency like we're just a freelance court reporter but it's still a business like we have to figure out how to run a business as a freelance court reporter and that's not something that we were trained on or that we ever well for me I never intended on running a business or having to figure all those things out. Being able to make more money in less time so that I can actually put time into the things that really matter to me, like my family and activities that I like commitments that I have outside of work, like be fully present outside of work. And so whatever your article said at that time, six months ago that I read it, I was like, she... She's awesome. And I need to talk to her (laughs) and get tips from her on how to do that. Basically, as a freelance corporate, you want to have freedom and flexibility. Like that's the whole reason we do freelance is so that we can be our own bosses. But we find ourselves more like slaves, (laughs) because there's so much work that we have to do. We're not just typing, right? We're doing so much more than that. So can you share Like, well, first of all, tell us how you got into court reporting. I want to hear your journey and then also like how you found a way to build a business and make a good, really good living without having too much stress.
1: Yeah, those are, those are great questions and that can take up the whole hour.
0: Yeah. I, I, and, figured. And I
1: want to say really quickly that I read up a little bit about you and I'm really impressed and I'm thinking of signing up for your coaching. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm really Thank impressed you. with you and I saw your goal for this year, uh, your income goal. And I'm like,
0: whoa, those are big goals. So It's like um, my impossible goal. <laughs> but it can hurt to try.
1: Yeah, it is possible. There's a lot of reporters making that goal number. So oh, yeah. how I got started in this, I came from a totally different career. I had another life. I was like 15 years in the technology industry, one of the few women selling over 500,000 technology products through the distribution channel, and then went through software and hardware. And I've done just about everything in technology. And I went to the printer one day, and I found something printed out. I thought it was mine, went back to my desk and sat down and looked at it. And I'm like, oh, that's not for me. But what it was was so interesting, I had to read it. It was everybody's salary in my department. And I was the only woman. And interestingly, the men were all making 20,000 more than me and they didn't have degrees. They didn't have the experience that I had. And I was so angry and my Um, human resources, uh, I went immediately to him. And and the only thing he had to say was, well, you didn't negotiate your salary well enough, you know, when you came in and I'm like, that's still not acceptable. Like I, I thought that the offer was equitable. So I left immediately and I started my own company. So I started a new company building websites, custom template, search engine optimization. We kind of pioneered the whole Google AdWords. It was before Google even had Google AdWords. We basically taught Google how to monetize searches, and we're working with Microsoft and Google, and then Google took it in-house. But that first year in business, I made over $3 million my first year in business. Had a staff of like 16 telemarketers, uh, accounting people. I was able to recruit one of the former like vice presidents of Johnson & Johnson, who headed up my sales force. So it was, it was a really big deal. And when Google AdWords decided to take it in-house because it was so lucrative, I found myself, you know, out of out of a company very quickly so I was able to sell off the remaining parts of the business and when I walked away I'm like well what do I want to do I think I want to go to law school so I started studying for the LSAT started looking into law schools and I remembered a party that I attended years ago where my best friend's neighbor was a court reporter and she attended the party it was for her five-year-old boy at the time who's now like you know 20 something and I'm like I remember we talked and she said she was a court reporter and I thought how interesting I used to want to be a journalist (laughs) right (laughs) and I look up articles on Google all the time now and look up court reporter and there's a lot of articles that come up for journalists who report in court that's what I thought she was so as she's telling me what she does I asked her so many more questions because I thought it was fascinating what she did
0: and at the end happens to me all the time when I say court a reporter people always think it's like a news reporter or journalist. something some kind of journalist yeah. <laughs> funny. and I Sorry wanted to go. be a
1: journalist and I had never heard of that kind of journalism so I was interested in, immediately um but then when she started talking about her machine and what she does and, and at the end of that I, I think we sat together for an hour and had cake and and at the end of that i I thought oh you know glorified secretary <laughs> and so now I'm researching law schools and I'm thinking of ways to make money in law school and I'm like well why take copious notes wouldn't it be cool if I could like take notes and sell them in? class. And, and then I thought of that woman who typed really fast. And I'm like, well, wouldn't that be cool if I could type that fast? And it, like one thing led to another. That means stupid random thoughts, you know, but one thing led to another. And I'm like, I called my friend. I said, remember that neighbor who was a court reporter? And she's like, yeah. She goes, she makes a lot of money. I'm like, really? Like how much? She goes, I don't know, but she made a lot of money. And so I started looking into it and looking into schools. And of course, the salary that they post is what, 45000 a year national average. Yeah know, I think it's 54 now which is ridiculous it's for Los right. Angeles that you know I wouldn't even consider that so had I had I stopped there I wouldn't be a court reporter and if I had believed those those numbers those are not the numbers those might be the numbers not in Alabama
0: or something but those are not yeah those are averages I, I always thought that was weird like when you google the net, average salary for a court reporter I wonder why does it say 50,000 like it's I think it's more than that <laughs>
1: And there, you know you have to you have to understand that our market is made up a lot of women who have children who do this maybe part time they they have a right. husband supports them and this could this uh, for a lot of women this is their you know just kind of let all work maybe a week uh, a day a week or something or you have a lot of retirees you know y- they could retire from the court and get a ninety percent of their salary pension and they might pick up a job a week or a job a month so you have a lot of those that are in the mix of that. Salary that's really bringing the salary numbers down. But when you look at this profession as a full time job and you're working five days a week and you're a professional and this is your career, those people at L.A., like one hundred thousand is your maybe your first year just just out of the gate salary. You know, and I know many, many court reporters that I went to school with that made that broke one hundred thousand dollars their first year as court reporters their first year. And I, I think I did 97,000 my very, very first year. And that's without real time, without expedites, without any of the other services that I do now. Now it's like so much more. But coming mm-hmm. into this um, profession, I immediately in school, when I when I enrolled, the day I started having all those random thoughts that led to the idea of court reporting, I had researched and called up South Coast College, which is now the only NCRA-approved college in California. But at the time, I think there was Rice College in L.A., there was Downey, Cerritos. There's a bunch of community colleges, and those a lot of them still exist. I think there's six schools total in California now. But the moment I called them and set up the appointment, I, I went in the next day, and it was a Friday, and I was immediately sold. Like, this is what I want. And I knew that this is what I want for the rest of my life, and you want the rest of your life to start right now. And so they said, well, we started a program two weeks ago, so you're going to have to wait until May. And I think this was April. And I'm like, no, 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 that won't do. I need to start right now. Like, you don't understand. This is this is it. This is what I want. I want to do it right now. I want to start today. And so the lady I was talking to went into Jean Gonzalez, who was down the hall. And she's like, I have this student. And Jean came back and said, okay, if you go through the, the last two weeks of lessons, come in this weekend, Saturday, which is tomorrow, and do all of the two weeks lessons, then you could start on Monday. So I did. I came in and I did everything and I thought it was super easy. And yeah, I started on Monday. Jean wow. still tells that story. She's like, there's no way I thought anybody could do this
0: whole two weeks in one weekend. But I did. And this is this is a great lesson for anyone who's listening. You need to ask for what you want. You can't think that you're not going to get it. Just ask, right? Like ask and you will receive you, you asked like persistently, boldly, and you got it. Yeah, I came
1: from sales, so no is just a buying signal, You know? <laughs> <laughs> so right, I'm right. right. Where there's a will, there's a way. You know, I grew up with that mantra. Yeah. So there is. Yeah. There's cool. a will, there's a way. But I also never thought for a second that I wouldn't make it through school. Like that didn't even, I know that there's like a 10% pass rate of people who make it through the program, but there's so many factors for that. I don't think that the program's difficulty is the reason for that 10%. I think that 10% and I saw people dropping left and right. I so I started class with 10 students. And I walked in that day. And I said, I'm the one 10%, 10 people, there's one. So I walked in the room, I looked around 10, counted 10 people, I'm like, 10%, that's one, I'm the one. And sure enough, I was the one who made it through the program, the other nine all dropped out. Um, Wow,
0: confidence what you're saying sounds exactly like what i was thinking i was like i'm so sure that i'm going to do this my parents were like are you sure like the dropout rate's 90% and i'm like no don't worry i'm going to break the records and like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so confidence is key okay keep going
1: confidence but it's also the vision like i i there was no yes. there was no failure option i had like this myopic focus on this is it like i'm the one i'm going to do it there's i didn't even look at the 90% who are going to fail like 10% is yeah. I I, like honed in and this myopic vision of I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one. And that was kind of my mantra in my head that I'm going to be the one. And that's what got me through all those hard times is, is I'm the one, but there was never a doubt, never, never any fear of failure. There was never any plan B, you know, backup plan, what if I don't? That was never, ever any of those thoughts in my head. And I think a lot of court reporting is mental. A lot of it is mental. Like 90% of it is mental. I think those negative thoughts in your head are what keep a lot of people from progressing through the program. And it's, as a real-time writer, you know, if you beat yourself up for every mistro, you would never be a real-time writer. And there's a lot of reporters out there who are not real-time reporters who are capable of being real-time reporters because they, they hold themselves back because in their minds, They're going to beat themselves up and that creates a lot of stress with making mistakes. And, you know, you have to have that more of a positive outlook and more of a positive reaction to failure. Like Mm -hmm. as a real time writer, you are going to fail many, 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 many times in the day. It's how you handle those failures and how you get back up after failure. And how quickly you can recover, which makes a really good real-time rider. It's not so so much the 100% tran rate or 99.9% tran rate. And you'll get there once you can relax and have that confidence and just relax, knowing that mistakes are okay. Mistakes are going to happen. Mistakes are part of our life.
0: You know, what percentage of jobs are you are you doing like 100% you do all real time, right? Like that's all you do?
1: Yeah, pretty much. There there was a judge recently who didn't want it. But most of the times I hook up to a judge. There's a lot of times where I hook up to the attorneys as well. So every day I'm, I'm sharing my screen. They're not always looking at it. Sometimes I watch the judge. I'm like, oops, did he see that?
0: And <laughs> do you provide it even if they don't order it like just for you to just to oh, do yeah. in real time and provide I, it for them?
1: It's my, it's my routine. Like I set up and I'm, I'm reading my screen and editing, even if nobody's ordering a transcript, even if nobody's watching it, I'm constantly editing. It's just my hundred percent, my routine. Like I don't. But I mean,
0: like, do you set up like an iPad or something for them or only well, if they order?
1: I used to, I used to bring in my, my iPads and, and it's worked a couple times where I'll have two or three iPads on my desk in addition to my laptop and attorneys haven't ordered it. And on a break, I'll say like, whew, I'm smoking today. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you should see my real time. It's like, um, too bad you're not ordering it. It's really great today. And they've actually been like, okay, give me one. So it's wow. you know, those kind of like upsell moments where it's,
0: you can upgrade. That's awesome.
1: If you have it, okay, if so- you have it, it's an easy, like an easy upsell. If you don't have it set up, they're going to be like, oh, don't bother, you know? So right. if you have it set exactly. up, it's, it's a really easy, and I've only done that a couple times and
0: I had them ordered a couple times, so it's like a hundred percent
1: success rate,
0: you know. And I think that's such a great idea for anyone who wants to kind of get into real time to just set up the real time for the person and just, and if you want it, you can order it. That's such a great idea. I think yeah, having going.
1: having the business in the past coming into court reporting, I I wanted an agency, and then once I started reporting. I'm like, there's no way I want to own an agency. There's no way I ever want to own an agency because of all the difficulty and the attorneys. I mean, who wants to sell to an attorney? You know, I mean, I know there's a whole huge market out there of people doing it, but I've been in sales and a lot of different types of businesses and I've never experienced anything like the legal industry and the stresses that come with it and the personalities that come with it. You've got these narcissistic attorneys and and there's a lot of power And control. You're, you know, litigation is a war and you have warring parties, and it's the most contentious thing I've ever experienced. Technology is not like this. And when you have an all male industry, it's not like this. And then a majority women court reporter industry is much, much different when you're competing against other female court reporters for business. It's totally different tactics and. Yeah, so I immediately quashed the idea of owning an agency. So I've worked for, uh, freelanced for agencies my whole career until I went to Superior Court. So I worked with LA and then I got laid off with like 80 other reporters and started freelancing in court. So we kind of pioneered the whole freelancing in court, um, doing civil trials. And I had never done a civil trial, like complete beginning to end. I used to do a lot of jury voir dire, but never complete beginning to end and I was hooked. So I love civil trials. But I think the business background that I had before becoming a court reporter really helped because that's where I was able to think about it in terms of, you know, I incorporated immediately, I had accountants, and I I ran it like a business. And I think of myself as a business. So it's, you know, you look at your numbers constantly. Like in sales, you have your you have your goals, and you i'm I'm constantly having like this sales goal outlook on my career. So having my numbers, knowing my numbers, and constantly having those in front of me. so it's it's different. I think it's different from other court reporters that I've talked to who just you know they just take jobs and they it's very reactive instead of being proactive. so the the reporters that I do know that do make more money and break that 200, 300, break that number they offer real time services dailies they have a team they run their business like a business they're incorporated they're they're very business minded and i think those individuals are the ones who do really well but they also have that positive mental outlook and going through school i think that positive mental outlook is the one that gets you through school, it's the one that gets you through business, it's the one that makes you more money. And those are all that one constant thing that one that one positive mindset is the thing that really can change. It's you can hold up two different people and see which one is going to succeed based on their Their positive outlook and their Mm -hmm. their ability to handle mistakes so how do you handle mistakes you you look at that and you can you can predict a lot about a person and their ability but you can also use that to change them so if you're somebody who maybe maybe hasn't made as much money, you could change some of those things and be more like the person who just naturally has it. So not not everybody naturally has it, but it is something that you can change and do. And it's not like changing somebody completely. It's changing your habits and changing your the way that you organize your life and organize your business and seeing it as a
0: business. And so- the way to do, basically, it all boils down to changing your way of thinking because... I mean, I guess some people have it naturally, but most people as human beings, we have 60,000 thoughts that run through our head every single day. And most of them are like a lot of them are negative, negative self-talk, negative, like, I can't do that. Oh, not me. You know, things. So many thoughts come through our heads on default, like without us even realizing it. And so it takes like training. We have to really make effort to produce thoughts that will produce feelings that will produce results the results that we want so that's why I thought I you know I have to like coach myself every single day and coaching is a way to actually help our help us train our our minds and our brains to go where we want it to go and produce the exact results we want it to produce. How much time do you spend every day, like setting up your day? Mm, Maybe 20 minutes, but, but I take time a lot more than that. Like I'll just explore my thoughts. I'll do thought downloads. I'll write down everything that I'm thinking. Like if I feel some way, like that's stopping me or making me hesitate from accomplishing a goal or just hindering me in some way, I have to sit down and get my thoughts out on paper and then examine them and see, well, which, what, which one of these thoughts are causing you to feel this way and then change, like decide, do I want to believe this thought or do I want to change it? Do I believe this? Like, why am I thinking this? And ask myself all these questions to get to the root of the cause of why I have the results I have and why I don't have the results I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: good. I, I used to do the, I don't know if any of you have done the Franklin Planner method or read the books, um, but I got into that in like the mid 90s and went so gung ho on Franklin Planner. I was everything about Franklin Planner. And in the last couple of years, I've tried to go more electronic and putting all my calendar things on my on my calendar and it's the transition has not been pretty but i think the most productive i've ever been is when i'm on that franklin planner system where you spend 10 minutes every day and and you you map out your day and you look at your priorities and i had a a mentor boss once who the one thing that i remember she said every day have one thing one thing on your list that you accomplish and usually it's like the most difficult thing or the one that you'll avoid and put off for a couple of days and just keep carrying it over to the next day make make something a priority and accomplish that every day and i've lived by that ever since then and that was like the best advice and i feel like the days where i don't accomplish that one thing you know that's where i beat myself up and that's where i get a little a little down and but i think that's really helped that system worked the best for me and spending that dedicated time mapping it out every morning and it, that's changed with with technology and I need I want to get back to that I think there's something about writing things down that that just kinesthetic eye to hand mm-hmm. coordination there's something that locks it in a different part of your brain than using your thumbs with like entering things in a calendar and like Absolutely. it's just different and I like you said like thinking about maybe your feelings and some of your goals and, and looking at a vision board. And there's a vision board thing coming up, I think, tonight at 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Carrie Hewardine is doing a vision board thing. So I'm going to attend that, and then I have another vision board event on January 15th. So I like to start my year out with a with setting up your vision for the year. And then every month I look at my month In hindsight, and then month in the future. So, and then I'm looking at quarters. So, in business, everything was about quarters. So, you're constantly, like, looking at your quarter, defining quarter goals, and then breaking it down into monthly. And so, you're breaking everything down always, and then down to the day. So, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, quarterly goals, yearly goals. And so, it's always...
0: We're going to definitely have to put the link for Franklin Planner in the notes <laughs> of this, uh, the show notes will, because I, I definitely want to look into that. That sounds great. I've tried so many planners and you know what? I figured out that it's the planner is not the problem. I was, the problem. <laughs> I mean, but if there is one that you feel is different and actually helps to kind of like create some results and move your brain in a different direction, then I definitely need to look into that because... Yeah.
1: <laughs> there are crazy. classes and seminars and trainings on the whole Franklin program. And then there's books. I think there's three books. I have got a box set and going through the books and reading the system. It's, it's, it's the way to do it, to really, really dive in, do a deep dive into the whole system, because then you can, you can really use it effectively. And it's, it's the most productive I've ever been in my life when I've, when
0: I've been using it. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So can you tell us how, Okay, if you had to say one or two tips or summarize what you can is the most important way or thing we can start with for doubling our revenue in 2023, what would you suggest?
1: Doubling is kind of scary because I'm doing like three, which is, uh, I don't think it's doable to double mine, but I'll tell you for the last like nine years, I've been doing two and I'm just using like, you know, one digit here, but I've been doing that and then Last year, the single most defining change that I made was I increased my rates. And the rates are statutory for me, so you have to do the rates that are non-statutory. So like real-time services or my per diems. So for example, my per diem starting out when we first got laid off, it was like 800, it was $700 for a full day and then 750, then 800, 850. Now my per diem is 1200 and everybody's paying 1500 as like a bonus to to lure us because there's a shortage. So high demand, low supply, you get to raise your rates. So my rates are now like 1200 on my rate sheet but I'm going to raise them for 2023 to 1500 because apparently everybody else is already up there. So I'm one of the last ones to change my rates to the going rate. Then it's negotiable as well. So my favorite agency, you know, if if they ask, I'm totally flexible. But anyway, going from 2 for like 9 years just raising my rates from 800 to 1200, I went from two to three. So that's one very small change that you can make to make a big difference. So if you want to double, I mean, just double your rates, you know. Um, another way, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, doubling my rates is impossible because it's that's impossible. But with inflation, it it is definitely justifiable to be raising your rates at this time. And talking oh, about yeah. this is not like a collusion thing. This is a this is a worldwide hello. Inflation is affecting everybody. Every everybody's raising their rates. My construction guy, my plumber, my, my electricity just went up to like, I think it was 1200 bucks. We've been Mm -hmm. paying 300. Now it's like 1200. So everything is going up. Inflation is going up. I'm not talking about, you know, collusion and raising your rates. If if that's the case, the whole world is colluding, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not an antitrust. Nobody has to be concerned about antitrust issues here when I'm talking about raising my rates, but it's, it's very, it's a very simple thing to do. And it's, I'm doing the same amount of work for like that much more money. So mm-hmm. that's one very, very quick way to double your income. Another one would be to look at the type of work that you do. So for example, if you're not doing real-time every day, if you're not doing expedites every day, what are the things that you can do to be offering those services where you're going to double your income? So just going mm-hmm. from non, non-real-time services and non-expedites I mean, I increased my yearly income by another 100, 150000 grand. So mm-hmm. offering those services is huge.
0: One thing that I can think of for those of us or those of you who are listening that are clean writers, like you could be doing real time, but you're not because of those fears that we talked about earlier. One way, one easy way to start getting into it is to just start asking, asking your clients or asking the attorneys in the deposition, do you want a rough draft? But in a way that's like, Kind of like, do you want the rough draft? I can send it to you tonight so that you, you know, in a way that's kind of like upselling it and convincing them that they need the rough draft or that they can have it and it's going to help them. Selling rough drafts, like that's immediately an extra $2 per page for, for each job that you sell a rough draft. And that's an easy way to get into it because then you're working on your real time as well, but not having to provide it like on the spot, on the screen, right in front of them. If you're scared of that, it's a good way to ease into it.
1: Yeah. And I do a lot of um, daily trials where I'm offering a rough the night before or soon after the proceedings are done. So as soon as we're done 430, I can get them a rough by 530. You know, I'll find a place in the court courthouse or across the street. And before I even get in my car and drive home, my scope is from the morning. has my AM, PM done, my PM one session done, and I can just run through the third one and scope it very quickly. And Um, like get all the you know untranslates and i i do i do s-t-a-r-z for stars and it translates as bracket a bracket and so those are just things that are global and then i could just jump through the whole thing very quickly and so the last quarter of the day is only you know maybe 60 pages so i can do that very quickly and just get through it and send them a rough within an hour after the proceeding so and then the next day is when i have the final so that one is Fully scoped with audio, fully proofread. And then I do all the changes in the morning, look it over, do the the cover and the index, and it's done. They have it by 6 30, 7, whatever in the morning. So I usually get up at 4, 4.35 um, when I'm in trial and just get everything done. So, yes, upselling to an immediate rough and then the next day or next morning sometimes even 10 o'clock at night i can have a final out so those are services that you can do very quickly so you want to you want to work on cleaning up your writing you want to do things like adding stars so that you can check and just global and go through the transcript very very quickly and then you want to do like your your check spots you want to have your scopus lined up so i usually use to scopus and we they alternate and so that it's all done by the end of the evening and i can just go through the last one so just having a good team of scopus who are always ready to go and then they have the connection magic or i forget what case catalyst calls theirs maybe that's real real, (laughs) team real team and then magic and so those can decrease the time it takes to produce a rough and even a final and that increases your income getting those kind of jobs the agencies you work with and They're, you know, getting on their seniority, getting on the totem, high up on the totem pole where you're getting those kind of jobs. So there's a lot of factors with... How you can get those kind of jobs, and before you you're even ready to get those kind of jobs, what is it that you can do to be real time ready? You know, there's a lot of real time classes. Real time coach is a great platform. I developed a 12 week boot camp, real time boot camp. At the time, I was doing a physical boot camp and lost 60 pounds, and I love the format of just how intense it was. So I created a real time boot camp where I took all the past DRA real time exams, the NCRA real time exams and the federal real-time exams. I took as many as I had, I transcribed them, and we broke those up into speeds. So. South Coast College put together the program, they created all the the coursework material. So we would take one exam, you know, one five-minute real-time exam, and we would break it down into its real-time components. So they did the curriculum, like a, a, a whole workbook. So each Saturday for, for three hours, nine to 12, we would go through the one five-minute real-time exam into all the principles in that one exam. And then after going through like the workbook, it would it would be an hour of going through each of the real-time principles breaking it down for us practicing them in sentences if people had conflicts they would resolve them then and practice and then they start they started the five minute test and broke it down into speeds so they dictated it to voice dictation 180 190 200 210 220 225 back down to 200 and then we gave a test at 200 so we gave a test at the beginning of the day at nine o'clock and then we gave a test at the end of the day at, you know, 10 to 10, 10, to 12. And you could see the difference between when, when you came in just cold and after going through all the real-time principles. So at the end of the 12 weeks, we had probably like, six, I, we sold the class out. They had to, they had to open up the room next door and did like a monitor because it was overflow. There, there were like 60 people who took this first boot camp, And of the 60 Thirty-two took the the DRA real-time exam. Fifteen passed, and in twenty years of doing the DRA real-time exam, they only had one hundred and eighty real-time certified reporters. Wow. So, to after a fifteen-week or after a twelve-week boot camp, to have fifteen people pass the DRA real-time exam, I mean those are huge numbers. So half of the people who took the test passed.
0: And they all came in your boot camp. Yeah. Wow. Ah. That's amazing. Do you have like a link that you can we can share and or well, is it still, still, do you still do it?
1: It's in person. They've been doing it since I think 2014 or 13. And they've done it every year, like two or three times a year. And the, of course, with COVID, um, we haven't been doing anything. But I, it's one of my goals this year is to do another boot boot camp. But also, they've never been able to do it online before because California Department of Education does not allow anything online. Any of the schools in California can't do anything online. But because of COVID, they've been able to do a real-time program. So I'm hoping that this year we might be able to offer that boot camp online. So anybody in the country, because there was a lot of interest all over the country. Reporters wanted to do this and they couldn't because it was in person only. So that's my goal for this year is to resurrect that 12-week boot camp and do it maybe twice and do it online and then offer it on demand so that's a huge goal but it's it was so it was so good i'm telling you and it's it's not like an a to z real-time program because they had a real-time certification and they had a book and it went from a to z all the real-time concepts like from beginning to end these the format of the boot camp is is based on a real-time test so you're taking the five-minute test and then you're just focusing on the real-time principles within that test so in a 12-week course, you're getting 12 different tests. So it's not a comprehensive real-time program, but it's very effective. Okay, so
0: basically, in summary, what we've learned so far is that we need to, well, first of all, we need to pay attention to our finances because just looking at our finances actually gives us the motivation to go out and get the, get the jobs and reach your goal. If you don't have a goal, you need to make a goal and constantly be looking at your bank account and at your your financial statements. So if you don't have that anything like that set up, like I didn't for a long time, it was very, very overwhelming and stressful. And I never looked at my finances. (laughs) And as a result, I couldn't really grow. So if you have an issue like that, you just need to hold yourself figure out how to hold yourself accountable. Or you can I'm, I'm telling you having that awareness and looking at it constantly is really helpful. So that's number one. You said that you always look at you, you were always doing sales and looking at your, your money and your statements and everything.
1: Pause for one second on number one. In the article that I wrote, the five steps to build a million dollar court reporting business, you can look that up. It's in the JCR. The point number five, consume data. So if you want to make $250,000 a year, then do the math. There's 2,080 working hours, 2080. So divide that by 2080. Those are the working hours per year. So that's $120 per hour. There's 12 months a year which is 20,000 a month. So 20,833 a month. So if you want to make 250,000 <laughs> a year, that's 20,833 a month, right? So if you want to mm-hmm. make 500,000, you've you've got to um, basically double that. So that's 40,000 like 42,000 a year a, a month. So you break down the 40,000 a month. So so know your year yearly number know your quarterly number so quarterly that would be 60,000 per quarter so if you know January February March so April 1 comes around and you have to look at your quarter so your quarter should have like 60,000 and then you look at your month January February March okay where was I short where was I so maybe February was 25,000 and January was 17,000 so it equaled out so that that's where you're looking at your quarter where it equals it out and then if there's 20 working days a month that would be $1,000 a day and 240 days a year, so working days. So you have to look at it like that. So if maybe Friday, your Friday cancels and you're short, you wanna go and pick up another thing. And that's where that's where I built CoverCrow is it gives you the ability to use filters to find those high paying jobs or to find a, a job that where you could make minimum $1,000 you know, full-time, a full-day job, a half-day job, where you could quickly go and and pick up the job that you want that's going to fit your goals. And so that's one of the reasons why I created CoverCrow.
0: Okay, let me ask you about that. Does CoverCrow work for anyone in any part of the country?
1: Yeah, CoverCrow is nationwide. And the the difference between CoverCrow and some of the others is CoverCrow is for, it only goes through agencies. There's no direct cutting... Cutting agencies out, I'm I'm supporting agencies and using the the, the existing channel. I'm not disrupting oh. anything. So so those uh, those others are market disruptors. So they're changing the okay. whole way that we do things. I'm in, including the agencies. Um, we used to have like 3,500 agencies. They're getting bought up. People are retiring. We only have like 1,200 agencies across the country. I did extensive research trying to find them, and that's how many I could find. And there's probably less now from the time that I did that research, which was a couple years old now. And I see, you know, Magna's buying them up, Lexitas is buying up agencies. Veritex, of course, has been on the warpath for a decade, buying up little agencies. So you've got these these guys who are getting bigger and bigger and you you've got the small guys retiring so cover crow one of the things cover crow does is try to give tools to agencies to help them compete with these big guys and if you can it levels the playing field for not only agencies but court reporters as well and so that's it's one of the the differences i think between some of the other technologies that have come out is that we're not disrupting the market we are we are using the existing channel and making it stronger and and the tools so it's not just for last minute jobs that you can't get covered it's for every job so every single job that you put in an agency can have staff reporters maybe they have a small agency would have like six staff reporters so they only want their job to be posted to those six so cover Crow can do that so you put in the job you select those six and then your job is only seen by your reporters. So every single mm-hmm. job can be done this way. And the advantage for reporters is that you have all your jobs in one place. So someone like me who freelances for 30 different agencies, I now have everything in one place. And it's not it, I don't get involved in rates. There's no there's no exchange of money on my platform in terms of like we're not invoicing on the platform. I'm not taking a cut of anything. It's a completely free program. So, oh, wow, that's awesome. Reporters can—it's a way for reporters to make money. It's a way for agencies to find freelancers easier. It gives them a map and with dots of where all the available freelancers are in in relation to the job, so they can see the job and see the closest reporter. It's tools that this they haven't amazing. had before.
0: This is what we need. Like, I feel like the the whole industry needs something. I mean, we need something like this. I didn't know about it, but I think you've had it for a couple of years now, right?
1: Yeah, we we um, did a very small beta launch in September of 2019, just locally. And then we did a larger beta launch, like a public beta um, starting in April of 2020. And we've been in a, a public beta mode for that long. It's a very sophisticated program and we've needed the time to tweak it and, and perfect it. And in July at the NCRA convention of just this past year in Orlando, Florida, we, we launched and went live. So, um, and we also launched our mobile app companion at the same time. So now you can get jobs on your phone and we're just about to launch the agency version of the companion. So it's just freelancers right now. And then for agencies, I've just launched a book uploader and yesterday our student feature went live, but I'm not marketing that yet because we're I need reporters to go on and build your student profile. So court reporters, you If you're on CoverCrow or if you're not on it yet, get on CoverCrow and you can go to our student platform and you can help students get their mentor hours, their apprentice hours or to be a mentor to students. So it's nationwide. Students all over the country can come and they could find reporters to get their to sit out with you and get their apprentice hours a lot easier. So they put in their zip code and they could find someone within a, a certain geographic radius like that's right near them and they can do remote or in person, like for California, you know, they could do remote, maybe somebody in Northern California, if it's with mm-hmm. Zoom depots and even Zoom court proceedings. So you could do court hours remotely. So you you pick whether you want remote or in person. So court reporters can go and fill out a whole profile that would be for students. So you could fill out a, what's the description of your opportunity look like.
0: So this is great because like there, there have been so many times where I've wanted work on a day and I didn't, you know, maybe the agency or a few agencies that I worked for didn't have anything for me or like, or maybe there was a cancellation and I wanted to get something last minute. This would solve the problem because you can see like literally like everything that's available.
1: So we just launched this yesterday. So I'm the only one in here, unless you want to go in Bryn today and you could add your information here.
0: I am. I am in the process of signing up. I'm so excited to try it out. That's awesome. I think after I start trying, after I like kind of try it out and test the waters a bit, I'm probably going to want to ask you more questions about it.
1: (laughs) So they could put in their zip code and find reporters within 50 miles of that zip code. They could say court apprentice hours, depot hours, remote, in person, or just find a mentor. So here you'll see the mentor. It would bring up reporters who have selected the mentor thing. Um, It could show your phone number and email. You have the option to hide those and only say message me through the platform. So there's three ways they can contact you. You either give them this information or you hide it, or you can say message me. And when they message me, they're gonna put in their information. And then this email, it has to verify the email. So you're not gonna get spam email, like from bad addresses. They have to be able to verify it. And then they're going to say what speed they're in, what school they attend. They could write you a little message and then you're going to get this message um, emailed to you. But it comes through us.
0: Wonderful.
1: Yeah. So you can put so. what counties you work in, what kind of work you do. And then this little I do civil trials, personal injury, employment, asbestos. Uh, I will pay for your parking and would love to take you to lunch. Lunch is from 12 to 1 30. And I teach about civil courtroom etiquette. Um it's supposed to allow 250 words so it's this that's, is one thing I'm,
0: oh okay I see so that's your notes for the student that you'd be mentoring
1: yeah so this is what they see when they come is what tell me about your opportunity what would it be like if I did my depot apprentice hours for you or my court apprentice hours for you what are you what are you offering like how do you do things differently like why would I choose you over another court reporter to get my apprentice hours with you know, mm-hmm. they can just see what kind of work you do. So if you're someone who does a lot of asbestos or maybe you do workers comp, I mean, tell them about the kind of jobs that you do. You know, you, you could just tell them a little bit about yourself here.
0: Cool. So okay. So students started. should definitely check this out too. It's not just for working reporters. It is for students and it is a way to increase your revenue for 2023. So not only, so being aware of the numbers, doing the math, having a monthly, even a weekly goal and checking it every single time, every week. And using CoverCrow to make sure that you hit your goal. Because like sometimes we feel like powerless as to where like, you know, we feel like we know there are jobs available. There are agencies that are desperately looking for someone to cover jobs. And then there are reporters that wish they had a job. So it's like this kind of solves that solution, that uh, problem. So yes, look at your numbers, be aware of your finances, take more jobs by using CoverCrow. And up level the way that you're, the type of jobs that you're taking. So get, start practicing, getting ready to take real-time jobs, upsell for rough drafts. And what else? That's it. Was that pretty much it? I mean, real-time is one type of way to make more, to double your your revenue, but.
1: You've got to build your team of Scopus and proofreaders who are able to, so that you can do dailies and expedites on a daily basis, 240 yes. days a year, you need to have a team that can support that kind
0: of work. Even if you don't do dailies and expedites, like if you're not at that level yet, like you still need to build a team to get ready to be at that level. Even I am not at that level, but I have a team that works for like totally manages the entire process of my transcription, of, I mean, of my uh, uh, pro- uh, transcript management. Like I give her the rough draft, she scopes, proof, takes care of the scoping, the proofreading, the the portal submission, the uh, data entry, even the appearances and the formatting and and communicating with the agents, like all that stuff. I don't want to deal with it. It's all the administrative stuff. And it gives me more time to take other jobs and to work on any of the business aspects, because as like, we have to think of ourselves as CEOs of our business, like we have to think on a higher level. But if we're constantly doing all these tasks, it's hard to hard to do that. So I I totally agree.
1: Yeah. I don't just think of myself as a CEO of my business. I technically am a CEO of my corporation. I am.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. But even for, for those who may not be incorporated yet or who just like thinking like a CEO, like taking control, thinking on like a higher level will help to have, help you to have like a better relationship with your business and love the business and take care of it in a way that is not going to be stressful where you're constantly bogged down by all the work.
1: I totally agree. And with Scopus too, like you said, you'd, even though you're not doing dailies 240 days a year, I think getting the experience with building a scoping team and working with Scopus on a regular basis there's a lot of lessons to learn so you're going to have a couple years of just working with Scopus and getting getting your feet wet with proofreaders and well proofreader from day one of reporting you should have a proofreader But working, building your team with Scopus and maybe multiple proofreaders, that's a process. And that can take years to just learn those lessons to get to the point where you're ready to do this every day. And so get started as soon as you can in that process. And and Stenovate, by the way, Stenovate.com, she built an Mm -hmm. amazing platform, Lori Lawrence. Shout out to Lori Lawrence. She built an amazing platform to. It's kind of like Cover Crow, but it's a totally different business model. Um, Yes. Cover Crow does court reporter jobs with agencies. Stenovate does court reporters helping you find scopus and proofreaders. And then she has a transcript management thing where you could see the progress. You can communicate. You could share like shared spelling lists. It, it has a whole different like it's it's incredible what she's built. Yes.
0: So, Shout out she, to Lauren Lawrence too. I, yeah. I'm on Stenovate and I love it. So I think she's definitely going to have to come on and talk about it at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she does a free trial too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So, definitely, that is so important. I think that's the most important is building your team, even at whatever level you're at. Like, it's so important to have Scopus that you trust because it can take some trial and error to find the right people. And you don't want to be doing trial and error on the most important, like when you're in a rush to find someone and you really need help. Like, you want to do that as soon as possible and not be afraid to give your work to someone or not try to hold it and do it everything yourself because when you try to do everything yourself, you can't reach your full potential. Oh,
1: can I so, share one more thing about that?
0: Sorry. Yeah, of course. I know we're yeah. going
1: over time. Maybe you could cut out some of the other stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, I I learned something yesterday and it was mind blowing. I, I had breakfast with a friend of mine and we were talking about trying out new Scopus. And I've always done a scopus one at a time. I'll give them like ten or twenty pages and they can scope it and uh, I'll I'll try them out one at a time. She has this idea where she's, she's going to do a short de- yesterday. She's like, I have a one o'clock depot. I'm going to send it to like five scopus. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's going to do the job, do the scoping herself, but at the same time, send it to five different new scopus that she's trying out. So she gets the five transcripts back from these scopists She's already scoped and she's trying five of them out all at the same time on the same job. I'm like, that's, that's kind of smart. Like you're, you're yeah. saving all kinds of time by doing it that way. And I had never thought of that. So kudos to shout out to, you know, who you are when you see this, but but.
0: (laughs) I, I wish that I thought of that because there was one time that I had to completely redo like 150 pages because I trusted the Scopus that I was using for the first time. I'm very naive in that way. I just trust people. And then like, I get it back and it was like, just kind of like unreadable. There was a scan stop on every, like every single line, almost like okay. I might as well just rescope the whole entire thing, and that's what happened. So yeah, that's genius to break it up into twenty pages of twenty and share it with different Scopus as like a test. That's great.
1: Yeah, and when I when I try out a new Scopus, at least the first ten jobs, I go behind and scope the f- full scope on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm and then I'm giving them an errata sheet, like and and sometimes it can be an extensive errata sheet of. All the mistakes that they made, and you know, you—that's a really good way to try out people. How do they handle that kind of feedback? You know, yeah. Are they are they going to be like, oh, sorry, oh, this is great, you know, or are they going to be like, you're you're too much of a handful? Then they fire you because you're too maybe nitpicky or something for them. But you want someone who's going to be like, you know, they're going to be there for you and they're going to want to do what you know their best and they want to lead you. So. Yeah, you just
0: have to find someone that fits your style and that you like to work with. They should connect well with you and take the directions and feedback very well. So, and yeah, it's important to like uh, Cassandra was saying, like every single time you use a scope is for the first time. I think it's very important to scope the whole thing through just to make sure. And it is a time investment, but it's worth it because in the end, you're gonna be ha- you're gonna have a team that you can trust and rely on. Mm-hmm. So. So pay attention to your finances, have a goal and a specific goal and a deadline, constantly check in on the numbers, use cover code to get more jobs, do real time up-level your the types of work that you take, do rough drafts and what was the one we were just talking? Oh, build your team.
1: There were five steps in that article I wrote. So we've, we've missed a few, but that was, those were the big, and you asked me two questions in in the beginning and I said, it could probably take a whole hour and I was right. And it did. Two questions (laughs) took a whole hour, but I'm really excited about your, your, your new um, podcast. And I totally want to look in on coaching with you. I think that would be great um, even for me to get coaching and, just having that accountability person and you've got some great ideas. So I love that.
0: I'm pretty much like a general life coach, but specifically for court reporters. So I help with any goals that anyone has.
1: That's amazing. I love it.
0: Now to conclude, where can, where can everyone, if they want to look you up, you have a website.
1: Well, I have covercrow.com and then I have ccalderella.com is my just court reporting one. And then I'm all over Facebook. So I have the, I started the um, Why I Love Court Reporting group. I think that's close to 5,000 reporters now. I co-admined the Court Reporters and Zoom Learn and Share. And we grew that to over 5,000 reporters in one year. That started in April of 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. So that was huge. I've left that group because I,
0: I had too much going on. But yeah, I'm all over. So coverpro.com, ccalderella.com and Facebook. And I think we're gonna have to schedule many more <laughs> many more talks together because I wanna ask you so many more questions. I, I just I want to talk to you about your Facebook group. So I want to talk to you about everything. So let's definitely do that in the future. And by then we will have mastered Facebook Live for <laughs> oh. <laughs> interviews.
1: And one thing for the future too, is making your goal. So you, you have your, your number, right? Your, your imaginary goal of what you want, but do you think that you're worth it? So under your relationship with money and your, your understanding of, do you even deserve that? And then are you feeling worthy of reaching that number? So once you make, you know, you hear about people winning the lottery and they have a million dollars and then it's all gone within six months or a year it's, it's their relationship to money. And it's, do you even think that you're worth that? And that's a whole different topic. And there's, that um, there's a video, that Carrie, Carrie Hewardine just shared a video this morning. So if you go to her magic page, that video is, is really great. I was going to play a little snippet for your viewers on that. But I also at the beginning of the pandemic in like May, started a 12 week marketing series. And my very first one is was all about, okay, so you want to market yourself and you want to have a business and you want to have these lofty income goals. But do you think you're worth it? And so coming to terms with that and and learning about yourself and your relationship to money and your relationship to your value, do you like a lot of reporters say, I, I'm I'm earning enough, I don't, I don't need to set my goal higher, you know, there's a, there's just that relationship with money and your mindset. So that's, a, that's a whole another hour.
0: Yeah. That is, that's totally related to the coaching as well. It's all about your mindset. That's like totally changes everything. And by the way, did you write an article on the NCRI? What, cause now, now that you're mentioning this marketing thing, did you also have one about marketing? Cause it sounds like that was, that's like ringing a bell. <laughs> Maybe.
1: I I did a negotiation last year. The NCRA convention is negotiation strategies for court reporters. And then from that, I did a Facebook group negotiation strategies for court reporters. So I didn't know about this oh yeah that one was that one was big in fact I'm thinking of making it into an ebook
0: wow okay so we're gonna have to create the show notes any last words you want to say Well,
1: so just thank you for watching and thank you uh Bryn for inviting me and I think this is I'm so excited about your podcast and I think it's Thanks you did a great job launching it and people are excited yeah. and we had a bunch of people jump on you have a great lineup Tori Pittman I think is coming up next with 225 yeah. and,
0: beyond. and then you so have, yeah
1: your your list of people coming up is huge I'm so excited
0: Yay! Well, thank you so much for joining. I'm so honored to have you on here and I can't wait for the future of more more, interviews and talks with you and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you everybody. To all the podcast listeners, this podcast is growing and I want to offer you an amazing opportunity to be a part of the team. Managing a podcast is kind of like freelance court reporting. There are a lot of small pieces to manage and if you know me, you know I'm all about delegation and working together because you know what they say, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. So if you're interested in helping out with things like transcription, show notes, copywriting, marketing, engagement, head over to courtreporterconnection.com and navigate to opportunities, and then you can apply there.